Hello and welcome to the Three Inning Save podcast. We're back after our uh, sad, depressive Dodgers aren't in the playoffs. A uh, little little break. You and Eric, you and I were talking. You know, kind of. You made your show notes, I think, like four days ago, and there was nothing to talk about. <laughs> there wasn't nothing. There was some things to talk about, but it was yeah. a little bereft of of news. And there's just and been a lot of little things since then. I'm excited to break it down with you yeah we're basically recording on essentially the first day of the offseason i know there's been offseason for five days or so but like all the like ancillary stuff got done and we're like officially in offseason land like the gm meetings are happening like right now in arizona um as we record n- nothing the gm meetings are more procedural than anything that's it's not like the winter meetings where you know deals actually get done and stuff but um, we're in off season mode officially is what I was trying to get at. And, uh, there's no, um, as of today, in fact, Monday, when we record, um, there's no 60 day injured list again till spring training. Um, and it doesn't affect you or I, cause we don't have a 60 day injured list on the, um, on the podcast. Um, but, uh, I have an injury. I'll get into it after the break, but, um, it's not, and I don't even know if it's it, it would be an injured list stint required. But if if say it were to sideline me for two months, I cannot go on the sixty day IL. This oh okay, so it's very important. That's what I want to get to. I'm excited. I don't know what the word to use, but I'm going to hear about it anyways. So mm-hmm. we've got all that, and like I said, a bunch of tiny news and questions from Craig after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, there are many a year in this podcast that we, you and I have recorded where if we had said Corey Seager World Series MVP, you'd, how excited. I wonder what that means. Bearing. It's old hat. It's old hat now. <laughs> Corey Seager, multi World Series MVP. But I, uh, that's a good segue because I did want to talk about um, like postseason performers in general, right? Um, you know, let's let's you you mentioned Corey Seager already, but let's talk specifically about a Dodgers star who was instrumental to the 2020 championship, right? Um, let's talk about. That said star who entered this season with a career postseason OPS in the 700s and a batting average well below their regular season mark. Um, But that is not Mookie Betts, who you might have thought I was positioning to. He was famously 0 for 11 in this year's NLDS, the first hitless playoff series of his career. He was obviously bad. He, um, He was a correspondent for MLB Network for, I believe, all three games in Arizona. 
uh, uh, during the World Series, and he talked to Bill Shaken at the LA Times about his NLDS woes. He said, quote, um, there are probably a million people with answers. I'm sure somebody is right, but I don't know what those answers are. I just don't know. For me, I have to do better. That's pretty much it. I have to do better no matter what. Eh, you know, pretty vanilla stuff. What he, you know, it's what he's going to do. Um, Mookie did say some other stuff to shake, and we'll get to that uh, shortly. But first, um, so Betts was also two for fourteen in last year's NLDS, 2022. He's three for his last 38 in the playoffs. So um, back dating back to the 2021 NLCS, like in the middle of that series. So the Wolves are kind of out on him right now. Like, you know, Oh, look, look at Mookie. He's a, he's a choker, you know, um, through 2022 bets in the postseason had a 741 OPS two eight, uh, 264, 345, 396, well below his career numbers. Not, not a ton of power, but still, you know, uh, whatever it, it is, what it is. Corey Seager, entering 2022, had a 771 OPS. Uh, and if you remember uh, 2020, uh, where he was like supernova yeah. and hit like eight <laughs> home runs. So that line coming into this postseason, 236, 318, 459. A lot of power, not a lot of average, not a lot of on base, right? Also well below his career numbers. And again, that crazy 2020. Um, so I want to... this. Sort of goes back to at the end of season press conference with Andrew Friedman uh, and and uh, Brandon Gomes were there at Dodger Stadium. There's sort of you know back and forth about what a lot of the questions were. Can you uh, how do you go about acquiring like players who are going to be good in the postseason, right? And and Friedman's sort of answer and he's he's right is like the players who are good should be the ones that are good in the postseason, right? Like there's not like. Well, I want to get this guy who I know sucks during the season, but it's going to like, you know, it's not that easy. But he also mentioned that there's volatility. Uh, I'm, this is good. I, I went back and listened to it. This is the quote from Friedman talking about like the variance from year to year. Um, so, quote, we've had guys who've been incredible one year, not good the next, mediocre. It's not just like, oh, he's a postseason player. It's just not that simple. We've seen it firsthand. I mean, look at Seeger's 2019, 2020, and 2021. Now, mind you, this is the Rangers are at that point are already in the ALCS and Seager's done well. But like, it, what Corey Seager's name was brought up in, in the course of the conversation. That's how he sort of had it in front of mind. But he, this is back to Friedman again. He said there's just so many examples of guys, so it's not that easy to be like, let's just get the guy who's going to perform in October. So, but more to Friedman's point, Seager in the 2019 NLDS was three for 20. The Dodgers famously lost that to the Nationals, um, wild card Nationals, eight strikeouts. At that point in his career, he was a 203, 275, 331 postseason hitter. Then obviously 2020 went nuts. Um, but then in 2021, in 12 games, uh, he hit 188, 264, 375. So like, it's obviously the consolidating all of his production into that one thing greatly helped the Dodgers, right? Like, but it's just not that it's not as simple, but so this year Seager was went off again, 318, 451, 682, six homers, six doubles. He had the um, game tying home run in the ninth in game one. I think he hit two home runs in Arizona and uh, he uh, scored 18 runs in 17 games, 12 RBIs. He won world series MVP. Obviously he's one of the best hitters on the planet. And given enough at-bats over time, you would expect his numbers to sort of look like they're going to look. And, you know, in the postseason, but he's also not been consistent. Like, if you go back just year-by-year year OPS, like two great years, this year 2020 and 2020, five mediocre ones. And then the where the other the top year top OPS in those years was 743. Uh, the rest was like 639 and worse. So it's like, it varies, right? And, but... That's sort of the nature of the postseason because it sucks when it when you have like a slump in four games, but then you're out in four games. Like you, there's no there's no way around it. And this is sort of a long winded way um, of saying like I think you essentially bet on bets <laughs> and uh, Freddie Freeman uh, to hit like themselves more often than not, and like one for twenty one this year. Obviously, lower end of expectations, but. Um, I think that made the sweep or, and it's just the playoff loss in general even more frustrating. But I think the solution is not like, do we acquire players who are going to be like better in October rather than 
um, you know, Betts or Freeman or whatever. Not even necessarily rather than those, but I just think the solution is hoping your all-world players play like it in in October, basically. And I so. think this is I was thinking about this a lot, kind of during the off season, where there's this kind of gap of like what casual uh, sort of. Uh, sort of amateur level evaluation of baseball will get you and even the really really good advanced fan graph stuff you know all stats but there's only so much it can tell you about what occurred on the field there's still this level of uh, of athleticism and game game gamesmanship's the wrong term but uh, that is only really known as uh competitors and i feel like You'll, we'll get glimpses glimpse of it now and then when you get two experts really talking to each other about hitting or pitching or anything like that. But so often we just get the Freddie Freeman was interviewed after uh, after the loss and just like is like, what do you need to what what do you need to do? It's like, just be better. And I'm like, that's yeah. so such an unsatisfying answer, because what specifically? And it could just be, you know, sometimes you might not know. But I I would love this is when I would love to be in a front office and get an idea of. I, I I find it hard to believe every single year they're just like, well, playoffs are random, and that's that, and move on. They have to at least I, throw in yeah. things against the wall. What I don't know, but that that's the thing too is I I think that's a general like. There's a lot of fans, at least judging by like certain like Twitter mentions and stuff. A lot of fans think that's just what they're thinking. Like Andrew Friedman in that press conference was like. I think a few times was asked, like, you know, you've said it's like, a, you know, playoffs are a crapshoot. He's like, to be clear, I don't think the playoffs are a crapshoot. He's like, hmm. there's certain, you know, he was very, like, deliberate, like, in saying this. But uh, so the, the, the a great answer that I ended up not writing about, because it kind of just got lost in the shuffle. But in game two, um, Zach Gallon struck out Freddie Freeman. I think he threw him, it was either three or four straight curveballs at some point, and including one, I think, on a 3-2 pitch. Earlier in the bat, Friedman got a cutter. Or no, um, was it a cutter? It was like a, a fastball. And he missed. He just missed it. Like And, he, and after the game, Friedman, or Freeman, excuse me, uh, was like, I'm going to be thinking about that pitch, in, that cutter, 1-1 cutter in my sleep. And then, because like he he got buckled on like the it was either the third or the fourth consecutive curve because he was not expecting another one, and it just, he had to, he just took it for strike three, but he was like still stewing about that that one one pitch and like that's how it goes sometimes you know like it's just like but that was that was an instructive post game answer like it was in the moment too yeah he was like it, it was so it was very interesting but like also. You know, it was hard to, like, make that a focus of something, like, at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, no, it can really be, like, you know what? My timing is off because of the layover. That's not an excuse. It just means, like, we need to figure out a way to actually maintain my timing. um, And, you know, just kind of uh, inter-team games aren't going to do it. Uh, Or, you know... uh, there has like I ha- I find it hard to believe it isn't like I said either entirely a crapshoot or oh you just happen to get their lowest percentile uh, yep. performance. Is it something where uh, the you know certain hitters do worse relative to the field against top pitching or certain pitchers or did the did the Dimebacks do particularly good at scouting and found some weaknesses that they weren't able to correct over a short series I'd love to know what the sort of the conclusions there are because I feel like there has to be some along with you know yeah you were getting kind of lower percentile just kind of bad luck yeah there, there's also like a weird aspect to this year specifically because there there is some argument right like in the postseason you're 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 generally facing like better pitchers like than you did in the regular season because that was I've seen like some of the things written about like the Dodgers well oh they're great to like scout for you know like the middle of August or something and catching a team's like you know they're gonna just feast on you know lower parts of a rotation but if you look like they absolutely tattooed all three Diamondbacks pitchers during the regular yep. season. Like, and, so and they, that's, they that's another reason why I'm really fascinated. Yeah. Why, yeah. why now did they change? And so, it just, I think the frustrating to me, and this will be the, the I'll yeah. stop belaboring the point, but no, was, no. Yeah. 
uh, it feels like a lot of times, and I don't blame them, right. uh, that the players and uh, the Freemans and the managers of the world, Roberts, don't trust the, 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 the listening audience to understand what they want to say. So that instead, they just go, eh, uh, we need to be better. And I'm sure in some cases, it's a, a competitive advantage thing. They don't want to leak yeah. what they know. But still, for me, someone who finds that those those kind of revelations when they do occur so, so fascinating it's just it, frustrating. Com- it comes out to because like roberts like this year last he's like yeah i've just we've just got to be more prepared and then people read that oh, roberts isn't preparing us you know what i mean like <laughs> it gets like thrown back in their face but like no so there was another part aspect of that like specifically um uh, uh merrill kelly in game one he he like very deliberately changed like how he approached Dodgers hitters with this pitching gallon not so much in game two um but that was kind of what they're dealing but also it's not I I think it's weird because the hitters recognize this during the game right it's not like they're going up playing a video game and they're like well I pressed slider and he didn't throw a slider you know like you know (laughs) it wasn't like that and so they're they're seeing it but it's like you know it just that's sort of that's the nature of it right like they they just didn't it's it's not that they weren't like prepared to react it's just that they did not it just caught him you know caught him off guard to an extent but at a certain point they like realize what he's doing but you still can't hit it like you know it's just that's how that's kind of how it goes sometimes which it's not really an acceptable like uh i think probably to them like answer but like it just kind of happens, right? And it, like, obviously, it's frustrating. And they, I'm sure they're, uh, yeah, that that's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see. The, we'll get to the off season in a second, but um, before we get to that, just want to mo- mention I mentioned the um, Mookie Betts um, uh, talked to Bill Shaken, and there was an article there. He kind of went on a, some a wide range of subjects. Uh, I believe I'm, I'm inferring from just like the context around it that, that shaken asked him about Trevor Bauer, who is now, you know, uh, looking to get back into major league baseball. The Dodgers aren't paying his salary anymore. So like, there's no, there's more incentive for Bauer to like sign with a major league team. Cause he keeps all the money rather than last year where it would have just offset. Um, so he asked, um, shaken asked bets. I'm just going to read this, um, uh, a quote from Betts to Shaken about Bauer. My experience with Bauer is not anything remotely close to what everyone else's experience is. I love him. I think he's an awesome guy. The personal things, I have no control. I have no say. Obviously, nothing ever came from it. He's an awesome pitcher. He's a great guy. Somebody who wants to take them out every fifth day. But at the end of the day, I don't make the decision. That's a decision that's not as simple as baseball. So, Obviously, there's a lot to unpack there. We're not going to like delve, delve deep into that, but I can't say I expected like that level of um, is support the right word? Like just like you're just outpouring from Bauer, and, and it's not. I'm not just saying that just generally for Bauer, but mostly because since the Dodgers released Bauer in January, and even before that, when he was like on um, administratively before the suspension. Nobody talked about him unless people would ask, like, you know, during like a Dave Roberts scrum or something, hey, is Bauer a distraction? But like, he's his likeness was not at Dodger Stadium for since like last June of 2021, you know, or whatever it was. Like, it was a while, right? Um, man, I can't remember the timelines on this. My, my, my brain is mush, but, um, he's no one, no players have really talked about Bauer generally, right? Like, so that that was like the more surprising thing to me that like that was that bets would a say anything like of substance and then just like sort of go deep. I will just say like, um, you know, his ex- that bets experience was great. Like, that's fine. Like for Mookie, but I would I would argue like there are other people who have not had the same experience with Bauer. Like. And the nothing ever came of it line, I'm, I'm sure, is sort of referring to, um, like, the settled lawsuits with the, the woman from San Diego. Um, that, that, like, it's sort of, you know, nothing legally is going to come from that now. But I think also there were four women who um, were part of MLB's investigation. Bauer got suspended after an arbitrator 
uh, reduced it to 194 games, uh, which is the longest in the history of the domestic violence policy. Um, so I just think it's not as simple as, as sort of Bet's comments made it seem. But I, like I said, don't really want to dig into it. But I just, there was a very, it was a weird turn that that article took <laughs> because it was mostly about like, hey, what about your postseason? And then, hey, you know what? What about, you know, like it was like, Catch mm-hmm. like a sort of a, a catch-all thing. I don't know. It just it was just very weird. Um, that's not the only thing uh, that Mookie Betts related. I mean, he's you know Dodgers' best player. I would say it's not a surprise that Mookie, Mookie Betts stuff would come up. Um, as we record this on Monday, the um, the BBWA awards um, announced their quote unquote finalists, which is not a correct term because the vote is already completed. They just reveal the top three finishers for each award and um they're all going to be announced next week but uh Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman are in the top three for a National League MVP so congrats to them on finishing second and third yeah um but that's gonna that's gonna happen next week but uh mini trivia not the actual trivia for you uh but do you know when the last time the two Dodgers players finished in the top three for National League MVP I have an answer no Uh, oh I was gonna say wait because I, I think I tweeted it like uh, earlier, but um, 1974 uh, was the last time. So Steve Garvey won it, and the pitcher, Mike Marshall, was third. Um, yeah, uh, so Mookie Betts, very famously um, not a free agent, uh, still under contract for nine more years. <laughs> 2032 is a fake number. That's when his the last year of his contract, it just seems weird. So we've gone, I don't know how many minutes into this podcast and have not mentioned like probably the most major Dodgers news, even though um, the person involved is not technically a Dodger right now because he's a free agent. But uh, Clayton Kershaw uh, had surgery on Friday. Um, I was told the shoulder was fine. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was just bad pitching, I believe, is what he said for about game one. Um so it was to repair a glenohumeral, the glenohumeral ligaments and uh, the capsule in his left shoulder. Definitely, I've never heard glenohumeral before. <laughs> um, and in his statement, Kershaw said, "quote I am hopeful to return to play at some point next summer." So uh, it's hard to gauge exactly what the timetable is, but surgery on November third. You figure. I, I saw some, like, and again, it depends on this, like, what exactly they did in the surgery. You would imagine that's at least, like, five, six months before you even start throwing. So you're talking already now about, like, May. So, like, he's all-star break at, at earliest, right? Like, so he's in the Dustin May zone right now. But also, <laughs> just very notable, Kershaw does not have a team. However, I would... I would argue because I I've, I've been thinking this since like almost like August that I thought his shoulder was hurt bad enough that he would just decide to retire like yep. that was sort of my gut. This you know that he's not going to retire. I don't. I think. I I don't I I don't. Does it make it more likely that he's going to return to the Dodgers? Like, is it a familiarity thing? Like, you know, you you, you know, I'm sure he's going to be home. Uh, adjacent for like most of the, a lot of the rehab anyway, but like when I don't do you do you offer the familiarity in that respect or and presumably or I, he could do a lot of the rehab at home, so he would only be gone from from family for a shorter stint. Yeah, uh, and the, uh, most of the uh, the kids aren't in school stint. I, right? Yeah, you know. So, so like I guess I guess the argument there so. Is he get, he could pitch for the Dodgers and be the home dad for like, you know, because of like at least in you know for the the first part of the the last part of their school year or whatever, heading into the summer. So that's it just throws a different like <clears throat> a different look into him. And also, he did say, you know, at the end of the, he's like uh, they're going to take some time. He he and his wife Ellen are going to take some time to decide like figure out. Um. Does this make it like where, like he doesn't even sign until later? Yeah, that that you, was my yeah. first question. Is like, are you still going to sign in the 
like I would sort of assume that just because I feel yeah. like it it can't hurt with sort of a, the rehab plan to have team doctors and not just rely on your own. But I yeah. don't know. I I would imagine I I would think he signs like uh, before the season, like before spring training or whatever. But it could be like a situation where they might wait to sign him until like officially until like the first day of spring because then they could just put him on the 60 day injured <laughs> list. So he like literally doesn't take up a 40 minutes, but you know what I mean? Like, so who knows, but like it just, I had sort of gone thinking like, again, in my head, like probably retired, not a hundred percent, obviously, but like that was sort of where, where my gut was. And like the fact that he, I mean, again, it's only a statement in an Instagram post. Um, but the fact that he's like, you know, th- thinking about pitching next year, like that, that like changes things. Right. And so, but, and, and obviously like, you know, Rangers, they, they just won the world series, right? Like it's not, he's not going in, it, he wouldn't be going into like a, it's a new environment, but it's not a bad, you know, it's not necessarily no. a bad environment. So like, I don't know, but, um, there's other stuff. So Kershaw was a free agent, uh, the, as of the other day, the day after the world series, um, JD Martinez is one of the other free agents. Um, he made 10 million last year, one year deal. He's going to try to beat that. I'm sure this year. Now the Dodgers did not extend him a qualifying offer, which this year is 20.325 million. Um, that was expected. I think because like, I don't, I don't think JD Martinez is going to get like a $20 million a year contract. He might get a two, you know, year contract. He's, but like, maybe there was enough of a risk there, but there's twofold. Now, obviously they're going to be in the market for a certain player who, especially next year, only DH, uh, Shohei Otani. And so they're, they're probably keeping it open for that. But also if he locks it, like if he accepted, right, he locks in now, not only do you, um, do you sort of get that like DH is sort of covered, but again, if you sign Otani, you figure something out, right? Like you, so, um, I, I don't know. There's also the, the argument, like if they don't get Otani, you can spread DH around. Um, uh, there's a, uh, certain someone, Max Muncie, who had an option and he avoided that club option by signing a two year deal with the Dodgers. So he's back now. Ideally, you'd want to have him at DH maybe sometimes um, rather than playing third base all the time, um, just from a defensive standpoint. But, like, I think they like having their options. And, like, Martinez, like, accepting a qualifying offer had they offered it. Like, there was enough risk there where I'm sure they're like, well, we don't want to close that loophole just yet. You know, like, so I'm sure that was part of it. There was another uh, surgery uh, in the last couple weeks. David Peralta had a... Uh, he had flexor tendon surgery. Uh, I think Jack Harris and Fabian Ardaya uh, noted that it, uh, it was something that was bothering him since around the All-Star break. And then you look and see he had a 54 WRC plus with zero home runs after the All-Star break. And you're like, that makes more sense now. Like, um, so, but also, uh, maybe don't create a situation where you, ha- you have to play when that when that's happening, right? Like, I don't yep. know. just... Maybe change that. Maybe change that environment. Um, so, Jason Hayward is another uh, of the free agents. He would be the one I would be, or I probably expect to return the most. It seems like everyone loved him pretty much. He was like, uh, he everything went well in his in his return. Like incredibly popular with the clubhouse. He's like best friends with Freddie Freeman. He was. They had him speak at the. Um, the Jackie on Jackie Robinson day, like two weeks or, you know, had a spring training, but like basically two weeks into his time with the team. And like he, he addressed it and Dave Roberts that day said, I've been waiting to be on the same team with Jason for a long time. And then like, uh, before the postseason when they clinched the, um, when they clinched the NL West, like before the, all the champagne celebration, um, Jason Hayward and Miguel Rojas, both first year players on the team were the ones who addressed the team. Like he has stature in that, clubhouse right so like and he was very good like defensively and offensively so like um kiki hernandez ahmed rosario uh free agents ryan brazier shelby miller they did not offer a qualifying offer to shelby miller not a surprise no um 
there were only like seven qualifying offers, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, back to Muncie for a second. He was on foul territory uh, earlier on Monday, uh, talking about his new contract. It's so it's two years. Why wasn't he million. on the three inning save talking about? Well, his he didn't return. He didn't return my call. So, <laughs> um, he, he's like, stop talking about three inning saves. <laughs> no, um, uh, he. So his option was one year, fourteen million. Uh, you know, fourteen million for twenty twenty four. He's he's signed for two twenty four plus another like ten million dollar option twenty twenty six. He said he made it clear that he wanted to be in L A a little bit longer and like he and his wife likes it, his family likes it, and they got it worked out. Like uh, uh, this is what Muncie said: uh, "quote The thing I wanted most was to stay in L A for more than just the one year." There's more to it than that. I wrote about it, but. Um, the other, the, all the other options were declined. Uh, Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly, the most notable. Daniel Hudson too. Um, he's like up in the air because you don't don't know, if, like he might retire because he had the you know, two knee injuries and all that stuff. He was close, getting close ish to close enough to return at the end of the year. Blake Trinan, they did pick up uh, because so he had like a conditional option, I believe, because he he they. Um, guaranteed his eight million dollar option for 2023 like mid 2022 and then he didn't pitch all year because he had shoulder surgery but because he didn't pitch part of that conditional option was like it was like a varying price like had he done a more uh pitching wise i think it would have been like seven or eight million or something like that but since he didn't pitch at all it's one million dollars so like you know he takes up a roster spot for now for the off season but like it's 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 something like well if it doesn't work out they're it's not they're, they're not like tied to him you know what I mean like they're it doesn't it's not like an albatross or anything like that but um that's uh so I I think just sort of catching up on other like roster casualty stuff on the last podcast I mentioned um, Wander Suero and Tyler Sear were like sort of fringe guys who might not survive the roster on October and that turned out to be true. Both were sent outright off the 40-man roster. Suero had enough, or he's been outrighted enough before. Also, he had enough service time to to reject that, and he became a free agent. Sear has only been outrighted once when the Dodgers did it, so doesn't have the service time yet. So he's still on, in the organization, just not on the 40-man. Um, at the moment, the Dodgers have 35 players on the 40-man roster uh, beginning the offseason. Uh, in about a week, uh, they... It's time to add prospects to the 40-man to set for the Rule 5 draft. So Landon Knack and Nick Frasso, both are pitchers um, who were drafted in 2020. They're going to be added, I'm sure. Like, you know, catcher Hunter Fiducia might be. Jose, outfielder Jose Ramos might be. Like, there's a, a lot of, like, maybes, but, like, you, you never know. Uh, November 17th is the tender deadline. So, like, so for what it's worth, MLB Trade Rumors uh, listed – Yancy Almonte, Ryan Yarborough, and J.P. Fireisen as potential non-tenders. I, I don't know. Who knows? But, like, it doesn't strike me, though, as, as I think they like Yarborough being a swing man. And, like, he's not projected to make that much. Like, uh, you know, a decent chunk, but, like, not, not like payroll killing or anything. But that's kind of uh, catching up. Uh, I'm trying to – I've – stuff has – happened enough in the last few days that I might have missed something but that's pretty much where we are roster wise uh, at the moment so have you did you is something that that came that um, came to your mind or anything like that uh, no I think the only thing with the non uh I would Ryan Yarbrough seems like a Dodger kind of pitcher to me so that would surprise me but I get why why they listed him yeah and then but it's who knows? But I get it. Uh, you know, yeah. JP Fireisen, uh, I my only interaction was with him was during Fan Fest at Dodger Stadium in February because he was hurt all year too. Uh, on the he he was coming off, I believe, shoulder surgery the year before, and uh, he was walking around in a jersey that said JP Fireisen on the back. And I I went up and asked him, I'm like, because <clears throat> I looked at his like old race stuff and it was never he never had his initials on there. I said is this a new thing or whatever? He's like, no, they, someone just made it. They just like, that was like his first time literally putting on a Dodger Jersey. And I think someone just made a, a Jersey like, and did it on accident, <laughs> did it by mistake. So he's like, he was laughing about it, but 
Yeah, good times. Uh, we're we're deep in um, season review territory at True Blue LA now, so he'll get a season review. Uh, it gets more challenging uh, for <laughs> people who didn't play at all <laughs> during the season. <laughs> Basically, the review is just going to be me telling that story, and then uh, that's kind of it. Um, but yeah, uh, speaking, uh, I've done several reviews on uh, Corey Seager when he, you know, famously used to be a Dodger. Um, he's been he's uh, he's won three postseason MVP awards. Now they only give MVP awards for series for the World Series and LCS. And I don't I think World Series MVP started in like it was either the early '60s or late '50s or something. LCS I believe started in the '70s at least MVP. Um, but. Um, three so Corey Seager has three of them he won Mm -hmm. NLCS MVP World Series MVP in 2020 and then World Series MVP this year he's one of only three players with three postseason MVPs all of them have Dodgers ties one of them Corey Seager yeah one of them another one is Oral Hershiser 88 NLCS and World Series just like Seager and 95 ALCS with ALCS MVP with Cleveland who is the third three-time postseason ML, or postseason MVP? I have already written my three guesses down. We'll see uh, if any of them are right. And if not, you'll tell us the correct answer. And then it's questions from Craig after this. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Name the only other player other than Corey Seager and Oral Hershiser. That's right. To uh, three postseason Post. MVP awards. Has a Dodgers tie. So I have three guesses. You ready? Yep. Kirk Gibson. Uh, no. He, he was on one of the lists that, like, Corey Seager tied, and so I, I took a stab. I, if, if anything, I believe he only won, maybe won MVP in 84, World Series in 84. Okay. Um, but I'll, I'll look that up, see if I can figure out what, what, uh, what, yeah. what the factoid oh. I saw was. Uh, Albert Pujols. No. Uh-oh. We're running low. Okay, my uh, last... He, Kurt Gibson was 84 ALCS MVP. Okay. I'm, I'm going to look up Pujols while you give me your other one. Greg Maddox. No. All right. Uh, Pujols won 2004 NLCS MVP only. Um, yeah, it's hard winning three. Three is a tough one. Um, Pou- uh, Maddox did not, did not win a postseason MVP. Um, so you want me to give you an answer? Yes. Okay, it's Dave Stewart. Um, so he won the World Series MVP in '89 for Oakland. 
uh, the next year also with Oakland, ALCS MVP. And then in the 93 World Series, uh, excuse me, the ALCS with Toronto, he also won MVP. He was 2-0 and in each of those three series. Uh, Dave Stewart came up with the Dodgers. Um, famously, I wrote about this years ago. Like This was after the 82 season. Uh, yeah, after the 82 season, the Dodgers go into the winter meetings. Like Mike Sosha is still young. And he was kind of hurt and kind of bad. They're like, we got to get a catcher in here, man. Like, so they're going after Jim Sunberg, who had like, um, did he? Ha- he had like an eight-year deal, or maybe I forget. It was like six years left on an eight-year deal or something. And it was the '80s, so it was wild. And um, the Dodgers were like um, trying to. He was an, like multi-all-star catcher, um, thirty-one. So. They actually agreed at the winter meetings with the Rangers to acquire Sunberg from the Rangers for Burt Hooten, a minor league outfielder named Mark Bradley, and then uh, Dave Stewart, who pitched in the majors at that point, and a minor league pitcher named Oral Hershiser. But because of some rule at the time, Sunberg had the right to like renegotiate his contract, and he wanted it like shortened to like like I don't remember a certain number of years. And they're like, no, no, come on, guy. What are you doing? So it fell through. They they did um, later end up trading Dave Stewart um, uh, for Rick Honeycutt uh, in in the like August 1983. So Stewart did end up on the Rangers, just not not the way they planned it. But yeah, it turned out keeping our Horshizer sound sound move by the Dodgers. So <laughs> good for them. Uh, I'm looking things up. So I figured out what where my stick was. It was, you know, a tweet or something. So I just uh-huh. read it really quick and I just read Gibson, <laughs> uh, Bob Gibson, two time <laughs> world series. Nice. Uh, uh, and, and while I was looking up, you were talking about Dave Stewart. So I looked up the 93 blue Jays, uh, uh a 20 year old Sean green got some at bats that year for the blue Jays, Oh man, I didn't which me, it was like, no, like for some reason, That's 93 funny. is way, way more ancient it, than 90. Yeah, (laughs) it's not six years. It's that doesn't. You're right. Like that. You're like, oh man. And like, yeah, that's that's crazy. That's funny. (laughs) Oh, so uh, Sean Green has? Does he have a ring? We should let's get him on the podcast and we'll ask. Did he get a ring for his twenty app twenty plate appearances? Like, I I, I would guess. Yeah, you would think. Yeah. Maybe Canadian oh, laws plus, are different. I don't know. Plus, Ricky was on that team, so you know he's shouting full share. <laughs> <laughs> All right, friend. It's been a while, but it's time for... With Jeans and Greg. We love them. Let's start you off with four trivia questions from our friend, oh Greg Manami. You ready? Uh, yeah. We missed this segment. Ron Say. Yep. True or false? Uh, had a three fifty nine on base percentage in six thousand one hundred eight plate appearances in Dodger blue. There are ten other LA Dodger players with a three fifty on base or better, with a minimum of three thousand plate appearances. Can Eric name six of the ten? Uh, to stall for a second, and it's just <laughs> to bring up why Craig asked this. Uh, Ron Say wrote a book earlier this year called Penguin Power. I interviewed. Both Say and uh, Ken Gernick, the uh, who co-authored the book with Say, last week and wrote about it at Trouble LA. I enjoyed the book greatly. Um, Say was a very interesting figure. He kind of knows sort of where he stands and not shy about saying it. But also, like, um, not a back-in-my-day guy, you know? Like, he, um, he, he's... He's very sort of aware of how the modern game is and, like, enjoys it, you know? Like, it, it, it was a fun interview, uh, both interviews, I think, with that. But uh, getting back to this, so L.A. Dodgers, 350 OBP, 3,000 plate appearances. So I'm And with, start with all on, of these, we'll do three strikes. You get three wrong answers, okay. and then we'll move on. Um, Pedro Guerrero. Pedro Guerrero with a 381 and 4,089 plate appearances. Um, I want to say Gary Sheffield is over 400. Uh, I don't think Gary Shelford hit 3,000 plate appearances. Oh, all right. Yeah. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll figure it out for you what yeah. he did. But. Um, oh, wow. So that makes me got to think of this other guy then. Uh, this other guy? There's quite a few other. <laughs> no. So I'm going to – if he doesn't have – 
I'm pretty sure he has just over 3,000. So I'm going to say Mike Piazza. Uh, leads the pack. Sorry, getting my answer with 394. And yeah, 3,017. Yeah. Um, okay. And then um, uh, Justin Turner. Justin Turner. Yes, with a 375 and 4,220. Okay. I was, I was about to jump through the screen um, <laughs> to Craig somehow. Um, no. Um, okay. So I'm, let's see here. Uh, okay. 350. So say it's 359. I know Steve Garvey's not because I looked him up for the post. I wrote about he's like 337. Um, so. Gary um, is like 2200, by the way. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. Um, okay. So going back to our. Our friend, so one, two, three, four, five. Sean Green. Sean Green with a 366. Yeah. yeah. Where is he, like 3,400 or something? 3,462. <laughs> All right, wow. Um, okay, so 3,000 plate appearances. Um, this is, I don't know what what is, like, tripping me up the most about this. Um You've named four, so you need to get two more. Okay. Um, I don't. I'm not. I'm just having a hard time, like rationalizing why it's so difficult. Um, Andre Ethier. Andre Ethier with a three fifty nine. Um. One more. Okay. Um. I don't know why I make like my brain is like tricking me. It, into, like, it's the time off. It's the extended yeah. break that MLB has for, forced on us for being okay. such a great podcast. Oh, um, uh, Davy Lopes. Davy Lopes with a three forty nine. All right, this is your last guess. You get it right, you win. Otherwise, uh, shame. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Um. Did not play enough. I'm so mad. Um, okay. Uh, well, let me just. I'm still thinking. Um, mm-hmm. Don't. Uh, what am I doing? Um, what? Matt Kemp. Uh, Matt Kemp with a 348. You got the two right below. So you missed. Yeah. I'll go from the bottom. Wes Parker with a 351. I should have said Wes Parker. Willie Crawford with a 351. Nice. Max Muncy with a 356. Ah, yeah. Jim Gilliam with a 358. See, I, 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 not, I did not associate him enough with L.A. to think about him. And I think the one you'll really kick yourself for, Brett Butler with a 392. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Ron Say had right. five Shame. qualified seasons with an 800 or better OPS. Should I say 0.8 OPS just to make you mad? Nope. Uh, <laughs> there are. And that's it for the- <laughs> <laughs> There are six other LA, Dodger, LA Dodgers with five or more qualified seasons with an 800 or better OPS. Can Eric name at least four of them? Uh, Mike Piazza. Uh, with four. Five. Five, yeah. He only had five qualified yeah. seasons. Um, okay, so 800 OPS. Um, five. Garvey. With seven. Oof. Five qualified uh, Justin Turner. Only Didn't four. Get, okay, I would say he, he probably fell short on the qualifying a couple times, but... <sighs> okay. Um, you got two right and one strike. Mm-hmm. Um, 800. Uh, let's go back to the well. No, because he's not. Um, Matt Kemp. Matt Kemp only did it four times. <laughs> two strikes. Uh, shameful. Um, Okay, um, so, okay, so at 81 he could have qualified, no. I don't think he's, I'm just going to go, I, I want to go out on this person just to say it, but um, um, 
or not Eddie Murray. <laughs> Pedro Guerrero. Six times. Guerrero? Yep. Okay. Um uh, I don't I don't like this. Um You're back on this is your last guess, by the way. Yep. Um so qualified is this trip. So mm-mm. Then this, this, this. Um, uh, this he's going to be a four guy, and it, it's going to make me mad. But Sean Green with a five. Oh, okay. Uh, the other two are Andre Ethier and Raul Mondesi with six. Uh, I, Ethier I, had five. Mondesi had. Six. I was going to say Ethier next, so that's I feel better about that. I don't think I would have said Mondesi to be honest. There are seven LA Dodgers with at least six seasons of two hundred or more total bases. Ron Say had 11 Dodger seasons with 200 total bases. Can Eric name four of the other six players on that list? Um, wait, Ron Say had eight, right? Yes, or no? but he's okay. looking for any of them with yeah. six or more. Um, okay, so I, th- I think Garvey had that almost with hits alone, so I'm going to say Garvey. With eight um, such seasons? Yeah. Um, okay, so... Uh, six seasons, so Piazza's out. Um, so we're uh, g- let's go back to the well with Pedro Guerrero, even though a couple of those were shorties. Yeah, uh, only five such seasons. Uh, okay, two um, right, okay. one strike. <clears throat> okay, so uh, Camp and Ethier. Uh, so yeah, there you go. There's four. <laughs> um, and then um, now they each had seven for what it's worth. Justin Turner. Only five. Okay. Um, so the two you missed, I'm making sure that I'm not missing anyone else. It's weird. I have you, whatever. I'm just going to say. Uh, Willie Davis, Eric Karras, of course, and uh, Raul Mondesi. I should have went with the volume guys on that. I might have miscounted how many you got. I don't care. You're, yep. you're a winner in my book. Yay. Ron Say leads all LA Dodger seasons with seven oh, seasons with yeah. 70 or more walks. Yeah. There are four other players with at least four seasons with 70 walks. Can Eric name those patient LA Dodgers? So Muncie has like four with at least 80. Um, so he's there. Uh, he had um, five. Yeah. Um, and then, oh boy. 70 walks. So the pr- the problem here is the strike season is messing with me. But I'm just going to say it anyway, Brett Butler. Only three. Mm. Oh, boy. That makes me mad. Um, Wes Parker. Uh, not on my short list. <laughs> short list is stupid. Um, uh, let, let's go back to Jim Gilliam then. With five such seasons. Uh-huh. Everyone, um, uh huh. So uh, you have Muncie, Gilliam, Green. You uh, you're missing one name. Yeah, I did. Yeah, he I wants you the name of Malt. Got it. Sorry, that's what oh, I was okay. trying to figure out. I I didn't say Green, but <laughs> sure. Oh, oops. <laughs> green. <laughs> you no, even um, saying his name all episode. Yeah, that's so right. It's um, a gimme for you. You one so more. You're missing sad. one name. <sighs> Four years with seventy walks. Um. Oh, no, he didn't walk enough. Um, did he? No. Um, oh. Uh, no. Guerrero? Davy Lopes. I don't know why he wasn't at the top of my mind. I should have said him. Oof. You did uh, passable. How about that? Yep. We'll take it. Quite simply... How many free agent starting pitchers will the Dodgers sign before the December holidays? I do not know what uh, what and what day does Hanukkah start. Oh, so Hanukkah starts December seventh this year. So we this is basically we we have a month. Um, so um, one, two. Wait, hold on. Are we counting Shohei Otani as a starting pitcher? You know what? For this, I we will, be, even though he's yeah two. Yeah. Um, SP. Yep. All right. Noted. Former Dodgers Cody Bellinger and Justin Turner are free agents. I think what? Turner might. 
Yeah. Turner might get a call, but not Bellinger. What do you think about either of them coming back to L.A.? I do not see the Dodgers and Bellinger reuniting. I think there was enough um, frustration, I think, both ways there. Mm-hmm. But I think, like... I'm trying to think about this. Like, I don't, I think it's more that Bellinger wouldn't want to return right now. Like, but also, I don't, like, he, I think he's just going to command a contract. The Dodgers wouldn't really be. That's, that's the other part of it, right? Like, kind of a fool me once. Like, I know he had a great comeback season with the Cubs, but at the same time, those were two pretty brutal (laughs) offensive seasons. uh, There's a lot of underlying. So, speaking of it, so it's like free agent time, right? Like, uh, I don't, I haven't seen the, um, the, I wasn't listening the first half I, of the podcast. I haven't seen if 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 Fangraphs has put out their like rankings, but there's like five or six like national sites with rankings, right? Yeah. And so the the MLB trade rumors one came out today, and they put predict contract predictions in there. His blew me away. Okay, you saw it. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I didn't see it till Grant Brisby tweeted about it because two two of the three people predicted Giants. One said Yankees. Twelve years, two sixty, two hundred sixty four million. Like you, okay. First of all. All right, let's calm down with the twelve years, right? But usually, <laughs> if you see that, you're hitting three hundred. Like you're, yeah. you're, it's like a, that's like a luxury tax thing or whatever to do. But like, it's such a weird number. Like, I mean, it averages twenty two a year. But like, it's call me crazy, but like, it seems like the longer term guys are usually guys in the in the thirties, right? Like mm-hmm. per year. Like that's just a weird combo of numbers. Like A, it's way too long. <laughs> but also like two sixty four is such a very odd it just struck me. I was like because I wasn't ex- like I said, I wasn't even expecting anything like that. Yeah. yeah. And just to see I was like, whoa like what? Like so I don't know. That's funny. Uh, uh oh so for Turner like Yeah, sure. The other thing with with Turner you you just wonder how much of a surprise slash shock to the system was it for him last year that the Dodgers didn't recite him? Yeah. Um. So, and he might just want to go back to Boston. His contract was he's a free agent because he he basically signed a one year fifteen million dollar deal with the yeah. Red Sox. Like it was just said. Like had he gotten hurt, it would have been. You know, it's it was the insurance was that you know the Red Sox would get another year out of it or whatever. He'd get another six point seven million or whatever. But um, so as far, you know, he might just want to return there. Um, so that that's another one. I I don't really have a gauge, but like you also wonder like if you if you do sign Turner right. Then you're really doing the like, and then what? What is Muncy doing? Like, does that mean Muncy's playing second? And like, obviously, Muncy and Turner are basically going to take up all your DH spots if this is in a, a non Otani situation. I, you know, I'm just sort of trying to game that out, right? Like, I guess not, I'm more wondering like how long before Justin Turner is in the sort of Chase Utley role of his career. And maybe it's not this year, and you might be right, but and I don't think it's I don't think he's there. Like, okay. at, at least from his standpoint, I, I definitely don't think he's gonna. I think he would. He's gonna go somewhere and play until he's not able to play. You know what I mean? Like, sure. or, like he's not in that. He's not in that role yet. I don't think he he could end up being um, mid season acquisition guy that becomes that role kind of like Utley was with the Dodgers. Like it just sort of, you know, morphed like that, but that that's, yeah. So I, I don't see either one as, as particularly likely Turner, the more, I think much more so than Bellinger though. It looks like the Mets will have a new manager in front office while the Yankees will be, are bringing everyone back. The Mets, the Mets do not only, they have a new manager. Uh, they hired the Yankees bench coach. Um, I forgot his name. I will look that up as you complete the question. Sorry. If you were a Yankee fan, what message would you take from that response from ownership? At uh, Steinbrenner's uh, love them some Cashman. <laughs> uh, the Met, if I'm a Yankee fan, from judging from everything I've seen on Twitter, from the Yankee fans I follow, it's kill it with fire. <laughs> <laughs> their general, Carlos Mendoza, is the Yankees bench coach who the Mets hired to be their manager. So we didn't talk about this. So it was all, it's also free agents for some managers. <laughs> um, 
because so the the Mets because they signed David Stearns who used to be in Milwaukee um, to to run their front office and um, Craig Council the Brewers manager was free agent at the end of the season and it was sort of long rumored that the Mets were very much in play to sort of make that reunion happen in New York and um, it did not happen and uh council found his place today but the way the news came out was so funny yeah. because it was like he's not going to the, he's going to manage he's not going to the Mets and he's not going back to the Brewers <laughs> and then it was like he's going I think Rosenthal had this Ken Rosenthal had this first said like he's going to a team that has an existing manager like, <laughs> what <laughs> and, uh, I listened I happened to listen to the five and dive pro- podcast on baseball perspectives earlier today and uh, I think Patrick Dubuque on there he said the absolute funniest outcome because they were also getting the news in real time as they were recording yeah. he's like the funniest absolute funniest answer would be the Giants because they you know they just got Bob Melvin from the, from the Padres <laughs> but um it ended up being the Cubs who who put out the weirdest press release I've ever seen? The press release, ooh, they fired David Ross, right? To, to hire Craig Council. Yeah. They put out a press release Cubs relieve David Ross of his duties is the big headline. Third paragraph in going forward, Craig Council is our manager. <laughs> what? Like, what is happening? Well, I like, read so- it. Ju- I, I had the news came to me as just uh, Cubs hire Council. I was like, I thought David Ross did he get? Yeah. Did I miss something? <laughs> he he very much was. Um, so I, I believe Clinton Yates, uh, who was on ESPN a lot, he tweeted. He's like, "Well, David, the Brewers have to hire David Ross yeah. to manage." So that, that's the that's the funniest outcome there. But no. So the the other thing with Council. So I think the Mets were interested. They were going to pay him a lot. The, I think the Brewers offered a, a lot. I think they offered five and a half million a year, which would have been the highest paid manager salary. Uh, he's getting eight million a year for five years with the Cubs, uh, which is like shattering. Which is like good because you think like some manager, especially like the down level coaches too. There's there's been a lot in recent years like going to colleges because colleges are paying more. It's like crazy. Like the so I think um, I don't know MLB like might need to start paying their managers and coaches more to sort of you know keep the talent around or whatever, but. Who knows? But like that, that was a, uh, th- there was talk a couple weeks ago where council like, yeah, I want to, I want to like set the market for that. And he, he very much did. So, uh, but there's also like, so brewers have a vacancy now. Um, the Padres still haven't hired their manager yet. Uh, the angels still haven't hired their manager yet. So like there's stuff, there's stuff happening. Uh, oh, also the guardians hired a manager. So three manager hires on Monday, um, Steven Boat, who's never managed before and recently played, he was a bench coach with the Mariners uh, this last year, former catcher. So there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot going on right now. I don't know. Speaking That's, of things going on, pies. Oh yeah, I took right. a savory pie baking class a few weeks ago. This That's is Greg. What a beautiful me. sentence that is. Yeah. <laughs> Just a phrase, savory yeah. pie baking class. And I was reminded about that frozen food staple. Did you ever buy pot pies? And if so, what were your favorites? No. I was gonna say, I was never really a pot pie guy. I, I, and here's the thing: I was never a pot pie guy. I was never a savory pie guy. Period. They're too with lawn known in the show. I don't particularly like soups for the most part, and it's basically just soup and a pie. Not a fan. And then, my friend, then I went to England, and oh my uh, goodness, yeah. they, they, their savory pies are are yeah. different and they, they are wonderful and they they, they ground up shepherds and put yeah. them in pies and it's delicious no um, um little hand pie just get it oh, from yeah. a little little vendor and you're just walking around eating a delicious curry meat pie or what <clears> i, so, I sort of think it's not obviously it's not exactly the same but i think of like pork bow as like essentially like a meat pie <laughs> and like that that is in the same vein yeah no I, I, I see what you're saying yeah <laughs> but um i I've had pot pies and they're they're perfectly fine. I, I like them a lot, but I just never I never grew up. And it's weird because I I grew up very much a TV dinner man. Like um, my <laughs> I, I, my mom at that point, like uh, my brother's ten years older than me. So like after second grade, I was the only kid in the house, and it was just my mom, and she worked. So uh, sometimes, a lot of the times, I would just have you know. We had like a freezer with like hungry man dinners or whatever, or like lean cuisine, whatever's in there, right? And so I had that like Stouffer's French bread pizza. I had so much of that. And like, uh, um, 
God, what was the Vandy Camp's fish sticks? I remember I ate a lot of those. Um, but I never for that's like a a very much frozen food staple, and it's just one I've never really like. I never really had, but like I do like them generally. But um, I think part of it too is I was very averse growing up to peas, and for some reason, like all I could think of was the peas in there. <laughs> so I was like, I'm out. But uh, I'm going to, you know what, next time I go to the store, I might go tomorrow uh, for some groceries. I'm going to go look in the frozen food section. If if there's a, a chicken pot pie or something like that, there might be a turkey pot pie now because it's near Thanksgiving. Um, I'm going to get one and I'm going to eat it and I'm going to talk about it on the next podcast. What do you think about that? Uh, sure. Yeah. Let's yeah. do it. Once again, we are the most delicious hot stove podcast uh, in baseball. <laughs> We're the three inning save. Um I'm Eric Steven. That's Jacob Birch. That's kind of it for us. We'll we'll be back uh, in a week or two uh, talking about uh, we'll know uh, where uh, Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman finish. It's going to be second and third. Also, James Outman, uh, Rookie of the Year. He's gonna he's in the top three there. Um, so we'll have we'll have stuff to talk about. We'll obviously talk about the two starting pitchers the Dodgers have signed by then. Um, but yeah, that's it for us. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we will talk to you soon. 